Now it's True Wealth presented by Little John Financial Services. Here is David Littlejohn with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. Hey, gang, welcome to the True Wealth Radio Show. It's the best Tuesday you've had all week, and we are stoked to have you tuning in and joining us today. Uh, you've got in studio today yours truly, Dave Littlejohn, and cannot forget the whiz kid. That's right, Matt Dixon. All right, Matt. We have got, so you've organized the show today built upon entirely fallacious numbers. Is yeah, that what I understood? That's right. We, I was somehow writing down the numbers like at 1.30, and I guess I didn't refresh my computer screen. So I thought that Curse we, you, cookies! Yeah, Curse I, you! <laughs> I thought we finished the day up. And then we came into studio and we were talking it well, over. What and a weird day, right? I mean, yeah. So just just we're, if we're just talking about the S and P five hundred. So kind of comes out of the gate and drops, and by eight o'clock in the morning Pacific time, we're like, oh, this is getting ugly, right? And then it proceeds to rally all the way up to where it is up. So so at the, at the low of the day, it's down at like forty one sixty five. Rallies all the way up to forty-two seventy-five, so a hundred-point rally, only to finish the day at forty-one seventy again. So, like, it it basically fell to the. It was worse. I felt like, but at the, yeah, it was just uh, slightly worse at the open. But you know, so it, it ended pretty ugly. But so it's it's down point seven percent. Yeah, right? that's the real context of things. It's point seven percent. But yeah, we were gonna be. Oh, is this number or that number? It's like those numbers are. Comedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You guys are, I mean, how many of our listeners are like, oh, yes, that's hilarious. The numbers are wrong. Nobody. <laughs> Just nobody. Well, we found it funny, and that's all that matters. I suppose. Oh, what's really going to be funny is I have to remember the call signs because you're changing the radio show, right? We're on FM radio now. I feel really important all of a sudden. Right? We went from just am radio to now am and fm kicking twice as much butt i like it i love it so all right well i don't know if anybody here listen if you listen to this show in this station you're not hiding under a rock so a lot of this will not surprise you but evidently there is a military conflict uh if you are on one side they call it a war if you are on the other side, they are calling it a special military operation, which I can't help but think of the movie. I'm going to make light of this without meaning to be making light of it, but let's all find some levity in life. Anybody remember Animal House? Right? When they said, oh, we're going to put them on double secret probation. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's double secret probation. Do they know they're on double secret probation? Like, no, no, only the people in this room do. Like, oh, clever. And that's what I feel like a special military operation is the equivalent of. It's like, well, we don't call it a war. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and I will tell you that shots have been fired, but not the sh- not, not shots of vodka, uh, not anywhere else. A lot of shots of vodka in Russia, I'm guessing. Yeah, they're feeling the pain in Russia right, right now, economically. Matt, Matt sent me a video, and this was actually... All right, you got to explain it to our listeners because this is pretty hysterical. Yeah, I mean, this guy, he's a stock analyst, and they invited him on to like national television. They're going over the stock market there in Russia, and the the lady running the show, she asked them, you know, well, yeah, what's well, your analysis of this situation, right? Yeah, and 
He's like, well, I think I'm going to have to go back to work as a part-time Santa Claus. And she looked at him all funny. You this know? is subtitled, by the way, which makes it even more priceless. Yeah. And he busts out, was it sparkling water in a champagne glass? And he basically toasts to the death of the Russian stock market and said, it I thought was, it was straight vodka. And he was yeah. just like, you know, poured some vodka and said, all right, probably we're doing was. This. Yeah. And he, he said, hey, it was a good stretch while it lasted, but it's over with and it's done. And he was so just like he was serious is the thing. It yeah, wasn't a it wasn't joke. a joke. No, it was it wasn't hyperbole. It was like this dude got on the show and just said, "Yep, the market is done." And then he just bottoms up. Yeah, right? I mean, he did have the decency to pour it into a glass first, right? It wasn't just straight out of the bottle. Her reaction is priceless too. She just sort of had this look of like that just happened. I didn't. That's not what we were told would happen right her, her just, brain imploded right there yeah, on the just, set whoa so anyway that to me is uh, right now that's got to be what it feels like to be a, a russian citizen right now in ukraine genuine tragedies of war i'm, I'm yep. not i'm not making light of that right i'm not that's not levity here but for a moment consider the idea that many many if not vast majority of russians are sort of when I say they're being kept in the dark about this from an information perspective, I believe that's pretty accurate, right? They're shutting down communications. They are and making it such that people cannot get information about what's going on in Ukraine. The lines to withdraw money from ATMs. Yeah, the trying ruble to convert in the last month yeah. has collapsed by more than forty-five percent. In in really in the last two weeks, it's down forty-five percent. So let, in about ten days. Yeah, imagine you wake up and your money's not worth anything. Right, so you think that uh, the S and P five hundred being down year to date about twelve and a half, thirteen percent. Yeah, imagine having a forty five percent collapse this this month. Not for the year, just in the last ten days. Mm -hmm. Have your retirement plan or all of the money in your bank account be worth half, forty five percent drop so far, and now the the political sanctions and the economic sanctions have extended to companies shutting down their operations. So mm -hmm. we've heard of. I think McDonald's now. McDonald's, Coca-Cola, so Coca-Cola pulled Starbucks. out. Starbucks. Um, we're seeing more and more global political pressure for the sanctions. This is this is a different kind of war, by the way. Right? It's an economic war. It is an economic war. It does show what kind of vulnerabilities are in the system, if you will. Okay, uh, and so I. think think that there's things that we can take away from this lesson, even as investors today. I agree. What's what's one of the big ones that's kind of weighing on your heart? Well, the illusion or the misrepresentation of safety. Mm. Okay, that's a biggie, right? Like, what does it mean to have a safe investment, right? Imagine if you're a Russian citizen and discovering that your purchasing power of your currency uh, internationally has been cut in half. Mm -hmm. Okay, Now, maybe domestically it hasn't yet, but you discover that every major country in the world is now for refusing to play ball with you economically. Yeah. Okay. And nothing's even hardly getting shipped into your country. Right. UPS, and so all FedEx. of a sudden the supply chains go from COVID disrupted to mechanically halted right there's a difference 
Right. Oh no, there's a huge yeah. difference. I mean, COVID restricted was things like you're you're not allowed to go to to work unless you're essential, and so you know we're at thirty percent capacity. Like we've all been to restaurants where it's like there's three people working and they're trying to serve the whole restaurant and they just can't keep up. That's a supply chain example of like, well, it's all going to take longer. And it's going to be harder and more. And, you know, it costs more mm-hmm. because you just can't get the help. And so, like, the help that you have, you have to pay them more. And they're all burnt out and everything. We get that. There's a difference. Right. Than, but like, what happens when they just say, like, no the government the shows kitchen. up and says, no, no. Well, imagine that, oh, I would like to run this restaurant. But then every patron goes up to the door and says, we refuse to come in until you change. Yeah. Right. Because that's, that's kind of what happens. Like, we will not come in and be customers until you fix this. Now, the handful of people that, you know, maybe you got the locals that can come in the back door, but everybody else is like, no, we not we could come in. We won't. Right. That makes it really, really tough. <laughs> so that's a supply chain restriction that's mechanical, right? Like, we just did it. So I, the, the question now is, like, how does this all connect, right? All the all like a dollar here at a do, at a ruble in Russia, they're connected through the financial system in some way or another, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you if if everything's stuffed into this big tube, right? If you push more in one end, something else falls out the other side, or vice versa. You pull from one side, something gets sucked in the other way. That's the issue with creating a financial vacuum or pressure on either side of a system, is that it's gonna. Squish a different result out. It's going to manipulate something somewhere else when you change a variable. In this I mean, thing. the Nord Stream pipeline is a good example of that, right? Yeah. Like, how so? How so? Well, I mean, Russia's threatening. Hey, you've sanctioned us. So what if we cut the switch and turn off all the natural gas going into Europe? And ah. the Nord Stream pipeline's forty percent of Europe's natural gas. So if they shut that off. Well, how does Europe get their gas? So just like you're talking about, you put one thing in one end and... Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) But, I mean, Denmark and Sweden, I think, were the two that said that they were going to have to step up and start supplying Europe. So, like you said, you push something in one end, something's got to come out the other. So maybe that's an example of how we might start to see um, supply chain shift into different areas. Sure. Yeah. So where what would happen, right? What do you think would happen if well, energy we prices through? that are already aggra- uh, you know, they're aggravated, they're through the roof, it's going to get worse. We're going to see energy prices go even higher in Europe if that's the case. Um and then we also see the inflationary pressure if inflation's running hot, and you've got to pay more because the supply and demand chain is now disrupted. Prices go up on natural gas, too. All right. So now we have this game of chicken, as I'm hearing it, right? Yeah. The game of chicken is, so we sanction, like we, right? the, the world sanctions Russia. And Russia says, well, we have something you want, mm-hmm. right? That's not a very good Russian accent. It right? was pretty close. Right? We have something you want. And then, and then you go, well, what's that? And they said... You know, no, we've got gas, right? (laughs) And and I have really juvenile today on this show. I I feel like I owe an apology to our listeners. You guys are smarter than this, and I'm just dumbing it. I'm I'm not dumbing it down. I'm being dumb while explaining it. Um, So let me respect you more than this, okay? Bottom line is that if they 
cut off the supply of a commodity, but a natural resource nonetheless. And it's, a, it's something that's being counted on. Yeah, it's, it's another supply disruption that's going to change the supply-demand input, and that blows stuff up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, it's probably a bad analogy. <laughs> I think it was right. a perfect pun. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. Uh, it's Because it's, it is massive impact, though, right? It's, it's yeah. gonna, and so now the decision that you have is, like, are people willing to endure the financial hardships associated with trying to pressure Russia, right? Like, are, is Europe willing to endure the additional fuel costs associated with it? Now, some other things came out of this that I think are relevant to our investors, right? Okay. So, uh, like, what was the United States' response to... Uh, so we're, let's talk about commodities and let's talk about uh, oil prices. That's on everybody's mind. Because we did have something up, right? pretty substantial happen today. Yeah, we did. News. But we have to take an evil profit break first. So ah. we're going to do that. All right. Okay. So hang on. And when we come back from the evil profit break, it's, it's not evil either. It's right. But, but we got to take a break. We'll be right back. So stick around where we'll talk more about how all of this is going to go down. Uh, you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 93 FM and 1240 KQEN. Matt, it can go on longer than we think. That's all I'm saying. I bet it can. All right, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, also our esteemed listeners, right? Yep. You can fit any of those categories. You can't fit all of them at the same time. Just saying. What's awesome is we have so many listeners from so many different areas. It's, it's not just this local. We now you know, have Douglas listeners that area. listen to the podcast out of country. Yeah, they're like listening in like Korea and like I, fun places. I was like, how'd that work out? Yeah, I think was it Taiwan or something? We were trending in the top twenty-five on the podcast. Well, there were only four podcasts there. I'm uh, pretty sure. Know, so, so like, it's by default, we're in the mix. Exactly. So, uh, anyway, look, if you were just tuning in, you can grab a podcast that we're talking about. They're available at iTunes and Amazon and all the fun places you find them. Or the easy way is to go to our webpage and look under the Educate tab. You can listen to all the past shows. Uh, not only are they all there, but uh, a lot of it's because they make us record this stuff to make sure that, you know, from a legal perspective, they can say, well, what did you say back then? Oh, well, we can bring it up and listen to the tape, right? So in the microfilm. So in in theory, these words are permanent, David. They're just getting etched into the history. Well, yeah. Of- Don't worry. If, if ever, since, since nobody ever, like, I feel like if you run for political office, uh, then it's really like a sentence as opposed to, nah, I don't know if it's that bad. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, at some point. They're going to clip that right there where you were speaking with a little Russian well, they, accent. They, and then they they're might. Gonna t- and they'll be like, oh, look what you were doing, right? <laughs> and I'm going to look at this. And, and I, I have a prediction. Okay? okay. All of our listeners, I hope you can appreciate this, that the overreaction culture. Like the air quotes around woke, right? And let's mm-hmm. let's face it, this is the culture that will run around and look for ways to be offended and to try to extrapolate meaning. And and sometimes like even if you mean to offend somebody, it's like they're just looking for ways to expand it beyond that. Mm-hmm. Here's my here's my response to the overwoke culture. First of all, you're a jerk. Okay. Facts. Like there you go. Like like if if your mission in life is to take anything somebody says and try to manipulate it to turn around and harm them with it, like get a sense of humor, grow up, like go on a date, do something. Right? Like I love it. Just just stop wasting your life overanalyzing everybody else so you can complain. Okay? And the next is that at some point we're going to recognize that even leadership 
needs to have some humanity. Like we are all real people. There's levity in life because there needs to be. If everything is all stress all the time, okay, that makes for a very dull boy, right? And if you've seen the movie, that ends badly. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you don't want that. Okay, there has to be balance in our human interactions. Even leadership needs a break every now and then. Sometimes you don't get a break in a stress environment. But look, I, I actually hope that Joe Biden gets a chance to laugh on occasion, right? Even if I disagree with his policies and what he's doing and whatnot, I don't, like we're in a terrible spot if you just are wishing evil on other people. Even if they're doing evil, it's like like with Putin, I go, I'm not, like, I don't wish, like I wish he would stop doing these evil things and he would sort of like come to his senses and apologize and get out of this and find a different solve. If like you really believe that there's some kind of ancestral claim to this place, do it different. Guns are not the answer to this thing, okay? But if we're sitting there thinking, like, I hope all he does is get crapped on all the time and somebody assassinates him. I'm like, okay, but what's – if you, if that happens, then what? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's just – there's no end to this pathway if that's all you can come up with. Is, let's just keep harming other people until I get my way. Right. Yikes. Yeah, that's a slippery slope. Well, and we're there, and it's it creates massive tribalism, and it's the us versus them, and 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 it's like anarchy may sound good or sound sexy to some, but I'm telling you, like you don't want that. You know how I know? Here's the hilariousness. Oh, God, I'm so boxing here, but it's fun, right? Okay, when Chaz was formed, right, the Seattle demilitarized zone, mm-hmm. whatever that zone was, right, and then murders started happening, people called cops and ambulances, right. To come into the zones that they just kicked them right? out Right, and you're like, no, no, no. You wanted lawless. Those things don't exist in lawless and orderless, mm-hmm. right? But you actually want those things. You just don't know how to articulate what you want, okay? And that happens all the time. Like, you don't know how to articulate what you want. You're frustrated or angry, and you're not getting your way as you envision it, but you don't really know what it should look like. So you're like a complainer, but you're not constructive in getting it solved you're just like well my solve is let's just shut it all down and plant in a garden like okay that's it's not going to be complex enough like a fussy little three-year-old yeah Yeah. i mean the it's that's yeah well i'm sitting in my poopy diaper i don't want to change it yeah okay we we have a winner (laughs) all right back to investing uh after our evil profit break right uh well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the supply and demand on, thing. Yeah. Well, it, it was going to hint at oil, right? Like, because we can't miss it. The price of the pump is nuts. And 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 Biden passed some policy today. Well, sort of. Yeah. Right? I want, well, yes. I mean, yeah. okay. And, well, he gave a talk. I don't know if he passed a yeah. lot of policy because here's what I heard, but fill me in if you heard other stuff. Okay. Right? Like, because... I've I've had a lot going on today, so I haven't been in front of the news feed all the time. I'm with clients and doing other stuff, too. The speech I heard was, look, we have a lot of oil resources right now that are already approved, and we need to start tapping into those. Yeah. Uh, But I also heard, but the solution of let's lower environmental regulations to make it easier to get oil is not the solution. We need to look at how we develop clean energy. Right. So there's a combination of let's use the doors that we already have that are available and I don't want to change policy on things. Okay. And 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 then there was some politics too, which if I if I had to guess, the Biden administration sp- spends a lot of time and effort polling people 
trying to figure out what public opinion is and just try to legislate to public opinion. Just, yeah, lean into what the public right? wants. Like very much drift with the wind of like, well, if we need the votes, we need to get people to kind of triangulate around this idea. So let's try this. So maybe that's why he announced the ban on Russian oil. Well, and because I, I am, it's not going to make his economy look any better. Yeah, I, I have to imagine that that's something that is a polling data driven event. Sure. Uh, you know, when I listened to the State of the Union address, that was my takeaway because that wasn't it last Tuesday, right after the show last Tuesday, yeah, we and, did the State of the Union. And I listened to that. And my takeaways were uh, it's a mixed bag. I mean, where I was afraid is when I hear things like um, we we need to. Um, Fix inflation by um, by putting in a higher minimum wage, and I look and at this like, and that doesn't exist. <laughs> well, it's not that. It's a so we can't get workers already. The minimum wage isn't relevant. People are already paying higher wages, but it's it's antithetical to what that causes. Right? Higher minimum wages actually contribute toward inflation. Yeah, that by its very nature. And so, just because this this is the funny thing, like. Here, here's my example, right? If your tribal person goes out and says, you know what? We're going to legislate to make gravity not exist. Mm-hmm. Okay, like like we wrote a bill that says gravity doesn't exist. So, you know, we should all be able to just have no gravity. And you know what gravity says? Meh, right? Like it doesn't care about your legislation. The principles at play will still be there. You can't legislate gravity away. It's like a universal law of physics. And until we conjure up a way to break the laws of physics, that's happening. Yeah. Okay. And so when somebody just says, well, we'll just raise the minimum wage and pretend that that's not inflationary. I'm like, you can't change the laws of economics. Just because you claim that's what it is doesn't change it. Right. And if and if your solution is, well, we'll just tell companies what they're allowed to charge. It's like, okay, so you'll just stop the free markets. That's even scarier. Well, what that's saying is, well, we'll just end capitalism. Yeah. At which point I go, well, now which system are we going to use, right? Because when you're price fixing and the government does it, essentially the state's dictating the price. So now the state has the ownership. And yeah, you see where this is going, right? Yeah. So we're getting into what statism do you want? Is it a, It's not socialism. So is it communism or is it some kind of other federalism. Ism. It's you know, another version it's an of ism, ism where the state sets the pricing. And I go, well, that's not the free market anymore. Can we call it Bidenism? No. No, <laughs> no we don't. I'm just, but we, we say that's polling data, though, right? There's it is. somewhere people that don't understand the laws of economics are hearing that and going, yeah, I'll vote for a higher minimum wage. And it's like and you're you go, voting for inflation. Well, yes, but, but you know, it's like, all right. I mean, this is a single issue voter in a sort of a non-complex thinking. And so if you're easily duped, that's the guy that just said, like, let's change gravity. And I'm like, you can say it, but it doesn't mean it's real. Yeah. OK. And that's the issue with a lot of political speak these days is going out there and like, you know, you remember like at the beginning, the first day of the union, like Joe Biden said, like, we're going to cure cancer. Yeah, I remember that. And just I almost fell out of my chair. Right. And it's like, we're going to cure cancer. And that that to me was sort of like a statement against gravity. Mm Because first of all, cancer is a generic term for a category of diseases that's got a broad spectrum and they don't all have the same causes, same effects. And, you know, so it's like, that's absurd, dude. Mm -hmm. Really? That's where, but you know, there's somebody somewhere that's like, somebody's, my life's been touched by cancer or somebody I care about. Mm -hmm. I want that. I want cancer gone. Well, no kidding. We all want it gone, but to stand up there and like say like we're going to cure cancer, like 
how, right? I mean, like, that's just, that's pollster pandering. So it drives me nuts. Um, and I know this isn't the politics show, but, like, my larger point is that it, 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 you, you're not going to fix inflation with more inflationary policy, right? Yeah. Printing money and paying people, like, even this that makes people mad, the paying people not to work. Well, that's happened, right? It did happen. Uh, and you can't deny it. Right? It, it happened. And it's, in some cases, it's still happening. And if you paid people enough and they saved some of it, they may not have to work for a while. Mm-hmm. Or what if you're not giving them dollars? What if you're comping them all the things that they need to Housing, live? Housing, yep. Yeah, you can stay in the house. We're gonna here's your cell your phone. Food. Here's your utilities, and here's your food. It's like, well, well now do you really paycheck, need the money? But yeah, you're, I mean, you know, you live the government's life, but okay, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the, do you think that would have an impact? Because I do. Right. I mean, if all somebody wants to do is play Xbox and the government will somehow enable that, they might. What if they did it? What if that was a lot of people do it? Yeah, it's real. Right. And like, I don't we don't have great social testing to prove this, but there's some folks that their ambition drops when it's like, well, you know, you have enough to survive. So there's an old like expression that says, if you want to demoralize a man, but I'm going to replace him. You want to demoralize a person. Mm hmm. Pay them just enough to survive, right? Pay them a living. Pay pay them enough that they can't break out of the rat race. That's basically what that means. So, like, mm-hmm. if you make enough that you can't quit because you have to keep coming back, it's really demoralizing because there's no upside. Right. But you're structurally trapped in it where you can't get out. And we have done that in a number of ways, policy wise. Right. So, all right. Look. We gotta hit the red button and stop. I'm 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 like way in the weeds on this thing because I feel like so much of this war is politically driven. It I, is. I, and and I look at the responses and I look at so here here's the takeaway of the segment that was more politics than anything else. The inflation that we are seeing, I think, is gonna stick around for a, a stretch. I agree. I'm gonna now, does this mean the stock market is going to tank from here? Maybe we'll talk about that after the break. I say that, yes. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break, and I'm going to talk about, here. like, Matt's going to help me, by the way. Matt's going to okay. do more of the talking here. Inflation, stock market, mixed signals. Mm. But next, evil profit break right now. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 93 FM and 1240 KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. We're here. Yep. We're live. We're doing it. Officially on FM also. Yep. Right? No longer just AM. We have arrived at the big time. I'm waiting for syndication. It's going to be epic. So, uh, and, you know, we're, we're taking application for advertisers that want to sponsor the program now. Okay. Mm. Uh, so, anyway... That yeah, that's probably not really true, but just see me after class. You know what? Send us an email info at littlejohnfs.com. We'll talk like we know how this stuff works. Um, we're already talking about making this show uh live on YouTube. That right? would be pretty cool. I know, right? That's another one. How many people would if you would watch live on YouTube? I want a voting mechanism, right? So, same thing, just email us and say, Yeah, I'd watch YouTube. Uh, it's so info at littlejohnfs.com. Let us know. 
if because uh, then we can answer specific questions too. Right? So if you ever have a question that you want on the radio, last time I put this out there, we played a fun game with a guest one time where we made up fictional financial terms. He made them up on the spot, and then I had to define them. It's actually kind of fun. So I feel like maybe once a week we can have like the fictional financial term of the show, right? So I don't know what, but this like strategery, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's perfect. So that one also was a Saturday Night Live spoof from the '90s with George Bush, right? Yeah. During the during yeah. the runoff between George Bush and Al Gore, it's like Al Gore's single word was lockbox. That came up all the time in social security discussion and strategery. That was George Bush. So many. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Was, it seemed like it was a, a kinder editorial period when you could make a joke and it was funny. Now they're just mean. Mm -hmm. But again, maybe that's just me looking for the offensiveness rather than looking for the joke. Right? Frankly, I like to laugh, so I, I tend to look for the joke. Uh, and and sarcasm maybe for the week, but it is for me too. <laughs> so, all right. At our break, we discussed what? Where did we leave off? Really, you're gonna do this? To yeah, me? I got distracted by it? pizza. I saw a pizza ad, and then I started thinking about pizza, and yeah. it all went away. And we're not gonna name names. We just no. know that at some point, if if it's sixty dollars or something for yeah. a pizza. I will officially say, that's not inflation. That's just gouging. That's what it was. I ordered a pizza the other day, and it was 60-something bucks. And I just I didn't ask the price. I, mean, I just ordered it, got there, went to pick it up and pay. And I'm like, really? They didn't, they didn't even deliver at that no, price No, it was pickup. And I'm hey, like, S I, I mean, are they laundering money? Really? There's got to be something going on behind <laughs> really? the scenes. I'm Come like, on. so you make the ranch with gold flake in it, or like, it's come on, something here. It's, uh, but it's 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 a thousand percent organic. First, we take all the organic stuff, and then we have to put it through know, an organic it. machine. We have to grind it up and turn that into mulch to reorganic it, so it's double secret organic. That yeah. is a excellent marketing strategy <laughs> because somewhere in Portland, people are going to line up to buy your double organic foods. Your double secret organic. It's got to be double secret. If you listen to the rest of the show, you know what we're talking about. Okay, so uh, some of it was about how is this inflation element going to stick around in the economy and what's it look like? Mm -hmm. We've and for for you as investors, uh, you know, we can't really give specific advice on the show. But we, we want to talk about some things that are relevant. You know, first off, be in, uh, investor, not trader. Okay, if you're a trader, then your mentality on this is really short term, and it's probably freaking you out. Yeah. Okay. Because because my take on this is as an investor with a five year or longer time horizon, you could say, wow, there's some things that are on pretty good sale right now. Yeah, and there's some things that probably could use a trimming. Yep. I mean, how many people wish they could go back in time? and buy property in like 2008 and nine. Oh my goodness. Right? So the stock market has kind of said like, hey, we're gonna go back in time like two or three years and give you a chance to buy again at that price in some cases, right? Mm -hmm. So at least a year or year and a half in many cases, we're gonna let you go back in time and pay those prices. What do you say? So that's the investor mentality. It's like, well, what do you say? Do I want that thing still? Mm -hmm. Right. So we went back in time. Now, then I also look forward in time and go, do I think this is still an investment I want to own into the future? Okay, that's a, that's a little more extrapolation. But going backward in time for prices, 
hey, that's buying on sale. And we see a lot of stuff right now that's 40 or 50% right. off. You ever it's wonder, like, like why do you, you want to own it? Like a coupon for buying stocks. Like, if you, you just show oh up, like, gosh. oh, we're buying Amazon, and you're like, oh, I have a 20% off coupon. Uh, yeah, you know what we call that now? We just need we just <laughs> need know? to finish up that time machine we almost have done. Yeah, yeah. We get well. I always figure we don't have to finish it up because if it's done in the future, it'll just come back and take care of us. Oh boy. Oh, now you're starting sorry, to time loop paradox. No, yeah, not okay. Yeah, you're starting to warp my brain here a little uh -oh, bit. Oh, uh oh. So, <laughs> never mind. Yeah, we built the time machine in the past. It'll be fine. So, if if we're looking at elements here's what i want you to try to think about as an investor this, this so this is serious and we're getting into the numbers topic here so uh for for the those that are tuning in on the segment here right at the end of the second segment we're going to get into what do we look at in the markets uh and think of the question as what hasn't the market already anticipated hmm. okay like what do you think the I general feeling of the world is like, well, we all thought it was this, but we were wrong. Can I take a stab at it? Are we there? Well, in, in a second. Oh, Just okay. pause, because that's a general question you should always ask yourself, right? Sure. The reason we're bringing it up is because markets are a forward pricing mechanism, right? Essentially, you're buying today in anticipation of future value, which means you're trying to predict what's going on into the future somewhat. And so you're pricing those predictions into the price of what you're willing to pay now. And I now. feel like right now is a really hard time to price stuff in. Well, I agree. Because so much stuff is happening that how much of it can you price in? Well, so, I mean, you were you were about to say, right, when I asked, mm -hmm. what do you think the market hasn't priced in already? And you said, I have a thought. So what's your thought? Well, part of me thinks we priced in some of this war with Russia and Ukraine. But the analysts predicted it to be a short time frame of war. Ukraine's putting up a real fight. Sure. And so if they continue to fight this thing out, I mean, have we priced in a full nine month to a year war? Or have we priced in three months worth of war? Right, and I'm gonna take it one step further than that. Okay is is that really the question the market is looking for and i don't know that it is right because if this war is still going on nine months from now is the war the surprise or the supply chain disruption or anything like that probably not at that point we will have priced it it's sort of like in afghanistan right i mean that war went on for mm -hmm. years and years or the middle east went on for years and years and we just got to where it was sort of a cost of doing business right right that's how the markets treated it i just not to you know disregard the human impact mm -hmm. but i mean the the markets moved on yeah and, and 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 said well that's that's a known so now we're dealing with other stuff so at what point does it become a known versus an unknown like you know to me here here's a wild card that was real like what if russia in the process of getting into Chernobyl land, had an oopsie. Yeah, and a complete nuclear meltdown. What if, yeah. Right, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. What, what if there was some kind of nuclear reaction that all of a sudden made an area toxic and created a lot of fallout? And okay. we had a huge fire at Ukraine's nuclear facility, not Chernobyl, but the other one. Right. And that one is the second largest 
nuclear facility in Europe, it supplies a ton of power. What if that fire would have got out of control? I think they knocked it out. But, I mean, who's to say it doesn't happen again? Exactly. So those, to me, are elements you go, I don't know if the market knows how to price that in yet. Because it's still sort of saying it's an outside probability, so it's priced in as, well, there's a 5% chance of that happening. But if it actually happens, then the market has to go, up, oh, recompute. Here's where my brain is, and this is just me spitballing. But we look at Greece, right? Their currency just imploded on itself years ago. I don't remember what year that was. But Well, yeah, that was back in like 2011, right. somewhere between 2011 and sure. 13. But I'm just looking at it. Greece was a pretty small country, or is a pretty small country, and that had a big effect on the stock market when their currency went upside down. And now I'm looking at Russia, who's much bigger, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, what if that currency doesn't recover? So, Like, if their economy goes into a tailspin and the ruble doesn't recover, what type of impact does that have on the economy and the markets? If Greece played such a big effect, you know, mm-hmm. what happens if a country the size of Russia, if their dollar goes under? Well, so keep in mind, there, there are... They're similar but different. Greece wasn't just Greece, mm. right? When Greece had its financial struggles, the problem was the Greece is part of the European Union, and right. the European Union operates under the euro, right? So Greece wasn't an independent currency. That's true. I think at one point, that I think Greece uses the drachma, was the original name of their currency. Is that currency. what it was? And then they converted I think. it? And there was discussion about, well, maybe we should go back to the drachma. But um, you know, there were other systemic problems for doing that Mm -hmm. right so you know pension obligations and so forth and just because you go back to your own currency if nobody wants it right like look at uh wasn't it venezuela recently yeah like you know what we're just going to go to bitcoin because nobody trusts our currency is that what they actually did well they accept bitcoin now yeah yeah so so that was a biggie for them it's fine we'll go to something that everybody else on the news coinbase is banning a lot of people in russia from converting their rubles to bitcoin sure yeah Look, I mean, this is a different kind of war, and people it need is. to wise up. There's there's two kinds of war that I am seeing happen right now on this. And there's more than this, but I'm seeing this a lot, right? Two of them are, right now, this is an actual currency, like economic war. When you mm-hmm. shut somebody out of a system and you quarantine them so that they're on their own, if they don't have enough supplies to be independent, they can starve, Right. This is a this is an economic siege. Right. We're calling it sanctions, but that's what it's an economic siege on Russia. And we're making sadly all of the people of Russia have to suffer. Mm -hmm. And the squeeze comes when the government fails because they just starve out. But how many people have to suffer through this process? Right. Exactly. But the other kind of war that we see is this information war where it's what information is real versus false. Where does it come from? And it's the sort of the fight for, well, sure, it falls under the scope of free speech, but at what point are people yelling fire in a crowded theater, too? You know, if you mm-hmm. go on Twitter and promote things that are a lie, it's free speech to do it, but when the lie harms other people, then what? And I really don't have the answer to this. Right, right? I think that's why then all the what? courts are fighting over that. Well, and then people say, well, that's Twitter's fault. And Twitter's going, well, we just put it on there, right? Mm-hmm. And then they muddy the waters of saying, well, we don't let anybody just put anything on. Now we try to police the truth. And then you go, well, who's in charge of policing the truth? Mm. Welcome to the information war. Yep. Okay. And so it is 
a battle for hearts, minds, and platforms. Okay? And if you don't believe me, ask Joe Rogan. Ooh, well played. Way to tie that back in there. Okay. Yeah, we talked about that, I think, last week. We did. So, all right, well, look. As investors, we've talked about, you know, what doesn't the market know? And, you know, maybe it's that this war is protracted a lot longer. What hasn't the market priced in yet? That is a recipe for traders to understand what is causing the volatility in this marketplace. Have we talked about yield curves today? We haven't, but that's a great question because there are some more conflicting signals and mm-hmm. the yield curve is one of them. But we do have to take ah. one final obscene profit break, right? Or, you know, how about if we just call this one um, corporate responsibility break? We're going to do that. And oh, we'll be right wow. Back. So Stick PC. Around. Yes, we'll be right back. This is True Wealth on News Radio 93 FM and 1240 KQEN. Hey gang, welcome back to the home stretch of the True Wealth Radio Show. Dave Littlejohn in studio with some guy you drug in off the street. I knew it. It's uh, you know, let's get him on payroll as fast as possible. Okay. All right. You know, because that's the kind of job market we're in. Did did you did you have to use a resume? No, I didn't even really apply. Oh shoot. Yeah. All right. Never mind. Let's we'll talk to HR later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So look, some final thoughts here. You brought up the yield curve in the, yeah. in the last segment. So the market is throwing weird signals at us, okay? Right. Um, so today is an example, okay? We could get into the real weeds of things, but if we were to look at the S&P 500, I'm going to bring up a couple of data points so I can do these live. One of the things that I think we should uh, be aware of is when does the market uh, go, you know, hit highs and lows, right? And so the lowest that we've seen in this sequence, right? So the, the market kind of topped out in I think the high water mark Wasn't it in like the middle 48 of the day, it was the highest in... we saw was 4818.62 yeah. on the S&P and that was on the 4th of January. So basically Doesn't it seem like a really long time ago? Kind of. Yeah. So the first trading day of the year would have been on um, Monday the 3rd because of New Year's and the holidays. So Monday the 3rd and then on the Tuesday after that, it shoots up for an all-time high in the middle of the day, and then it fades from there. And the lowest that we saw so far in the middle of the day was, and then again, S&P 500, there's some problems with this index. It's not perfect because it's very top-heavy. But um, the lowest we saw was 4114.65. Today, it's at 4170.70, and the lowest it got to was 4157.87. I realize I just threw word, like number salad at you. But the, the what point I'm hearing is, is we're real close to where we're we close, but we're still higher than we were in February on mm-hmm. February 24th. So that was before the war started. The market was already anticipating bad news and the market kind of printed this low print. Now, the question is, can we go lower from here? And the answer is sure. Of course we can. But here's some of the conflicting data that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. We when when invest investing, you you prefer to buy things that feel like they're a bargain, right? Yes. Like you're getting a good deal. Okay. One of the things that we see is a steepening yield curve. Now, let me explain really, really quickly. Yield curve 
is looking at the difference between short-term interest rates and long-term interest rates, right? And if I want to borrow money for 90, or if I want, yeah, if I'm going to loan money for 90 days, I'm going to get it paid back pretty quick. I don't have to charge that much interest. But if I'm going to loan money for 30 years, mm -hmm. I need to protect myself from a loss of purchasing power by inflation. So I need to have higher payments on that loan. I need to charge more interest in order to get paid back. Well, here's the thing. The bond market is borrowing money from investors. That's what bonds do. Okay, The government borrows money, corporations borrow money, and they sell bonds, and they're selling a loan obligation. And the person lending the money is the investor. If the investor doesn't trust that they will be paid back with enough purchasing power, they won't buy the investment. So either the price falls or interest rates go higher to compensate for the risk of inflation. A rising rate environment suggests that the economy is getting stronger, that we're expecting inflation, and so people aren't willing to loan the money long-term for less. So that also means they're not taking the money out of the stock market and buying long-term bonds. Yeah. So while the stock market may short-term be uh, coming, like money may be coming out of the stock market, if it's buying into very short-term rates, that's going to drive the short end of the curve down, but the long end of the curve isn't changing. So we still have a somewhat orderly market where people are not anticipating a long-term protracted decline economically. That's sort of what the interest, the yield curve is hinting at right now. Mm -hmm. And then another one is we look at price versus earnings, and we talked about the price-to-earnings ratios. And we're seeing price-to-earnings ratios that are now pulling back to levels that we saw before the pandemic, which were still a little on the high side, but nowhere near as high as they've pushed yeah, up to. Didn't, wasn't it like a 40% pullback on yeah, the P.E. ratios? Yeah, we saw sort of on a large scale about a 40% retraction in the P, the average P.E. ratio of the S&P 500. So those are signs that maybe things are getting to be on sale. So, you know, you never know as an investor. It's not advice, but look, the music's playing, so we got to get out of here. So if you have questions, give us a call, 541-375-0898. Till next time, this has been David Littlejohn. And Matt Dixon. And you've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 93.9 FM and 1240 KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.